Welcome to the NLP View with your host, Donna Blinston. Each week, Donna will explore how the techniques of NLP can help improve your personal and professional life. And now, here's your host, Donna Blinston. Hello and welcome to the NLP View. My name is Donna Blinston. Today's guest is the inspiring Judy Bartkovic on her book, Engaging NLP for Tweens. Neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, is an approach to communication, personal development, and psychotherapy. The title refers to the connections between the process of the brain, that's the neuro, our language, linguistics, and the habits we have developed, programming. NLP is often described as a toolkit for life because it offers specific techniques for improving how you think, how you feel, how we act. Engaging NLP for tweens is a textbook for tweens to help them face the challenges of tween years, namely the transition into secondary school, the onset of puberty, schoolwork and exams, providing them with tools to enhance their communication skills and confidence. So I'd like to welcome to the show Judy Bartkowick. Hello, Judy. Hi, Donna. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very excited to be able to talk about my books and about NLP because I'm very passionate about it. You can tell that from your book. All your <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's great to have you on the show today. It really is. Thank you. And well, I want to congratulate you on your books. Really, um, I really enjoyed it. And despite the fact that it's written for tweens. Personally, reading it, I could see how you could apply everything, and the way you, the way the language that you use, and the way you, you really talk to the audience appropriately. And you know, I was acting as if I was a tween. I was acting like I was ten, eleven year old, and I could really <laughs> feel how you could use it. It was, it's very empowering, and it, it looks at things that I can honestly. I don't know about tweens today, but certainly when I was that age, they were never even thought of, discussed. It was just, you just did it. And it, it does, it opens yeah. up a lot of more opportunities for the, the, you know, the tweens of today. So, you know, well done. It's, you know. Thank you. I get a lot of compliments about the style and tone of the books, that, it's, that mm. they're very approachable. They are, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I guess before we start, Judy, could you tell our audience about yourself? Yes, of course. Um, I'm a writer. I've written quite a lot of books, um, and I'm an NLP trainer and coach. Um, the books I, it started really with um, Be a Happier Parent with NLP, um, which is a book I wrote that's published by Hodder, and that really takes parents through sort of, you know, from sort of babies through to teens, really, in terms of um, using NLP. But I felt that um, that the book was quite thick, and I I mean I've got four children. I remember when I when my children were much younger, I couldn't read anything that thick. I needed something that would answer a question really quickly, and yeah. something that would you know I could apply straight away. And so um, I wrote the engaging NLP series really to address that need, so that a mum could pick up a book and say, right, okay, you know, this I can use this straight away. It's a quick, it's an easy read. It's something that um, they could almost read while they're cooking supper. Or it's not, um, it's not a heavy tome. It's not full of jargon. So, um, and, yeah, so I wrote, I've written a lot of books. I've written some children's books as well. Um, but my background is in uh, teaching uh, and market research, actually. I used to do... Uh, 
focus groups on things like Postman Pat and Noddy and Fireman Sam, and <laughs> which was quite a fun job. Oh, I bet, I bet. You can, yeah, read from reading your book, I can see where you've brought those skills in in the book. <laughs> uh, there's there's quite a few of the engaging NLPs um, books yeah. that you've written. Do you want to tell the audience about the different books? Yes, of course. Um, it's The first one, really, that I wrote was NLP for Parents. As I said, really following on from Be a Happier Parent with NLP. Um, but then I wrote um, NLP for Teachers, uh, NLP for New Mums, and Back to Work for Mums that were thinking of either returning to work or setting up their own sort of business. Um, and then NLP for Children, which is for... Um, in America, you'd call it the elementary school age. And then NLP for tweens, I only wrote quite recently because there seemed to be a gap because I'd written NLP for teens, which I'd say is sort of high school in um, uh, in America anyway. And then, uh, and so I then wrote NLP for tweens and then recently NLP for work. But there's going to be NLP for sports and NLP for relationships coming along. Uh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So how did you get involved in NLP? Well, um, I met Sue Knight, who's the author of NLP um, at work, um, through our local church, actually. Um, we were both being confirmed at the same time. And she told me what she was doing, that she'd really got into NLP. Um, and uh, she invited me along to um, an introductory course. And I was just absolutely hooked from the beginning yeah. because at that stage I had uh, two teenagers and a toddler um, and a tween and um, it, it just completely changed my life you know I went from being sort of an emotional um, sort of ball that just bounced around from one sort of drama to another really um, to being so much calmer and you know I was just just altogether more confident it just completely changed the way I parented. And so the one thing I really wanted to do was uh, was to introduce parents to NLP. I thought it was far too good to be left in the workplace, basically. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. I agree completely. I had the same kind of well, experience. I found NLP through a little advert in the Nursing Times. Oh, really? I, yeah, I'd only... Well, I was, as a nurse... Um, my my initial board manager back well, back in 2004 was quite a battle axe, or so I perceived at the time. She was actually an amazing, amazing manager, and she really pushed and pushed and pushed for your academic development. Mm -hmm. And you had your CPR, and six months later you had to prove that you were doing what you said you were going to do, and then by the end of the year you had to have done it or you didn't go up your grade. Oh my and goodness! Through your gateway, and you know, at the time it was like, oh my gosh, and now it's like, thank you so much. Yeah. But I saw this little advert. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this little advert that said four-day NLP diploma, and I thought, wonderful. Four days. It covers all six of my key skills framework, which are communication, leadership, and management. And brilliant! Just off my back for the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, you know. And I, I did the NLP diploma, and it, as you say, it absolutely bowled me over. It changed everything. I went from being a quite a shy, quiet, quite inwards um, qualified, you know, newly qualified nurse, 
and came out of myself. I was refocused and I knew what I wanted. I was confident. I didn't need to please people anymore. Mm. You know, everything changed. It was, you know, and that was it then. I went on. Practitioner, master prac, uh, trainer's training, opened the business, writing the books, and now doing the radio show. It's it really is a gift, as you know. I can see what we've, what you've done in your books. It's and it, yeah, and, parents, and parents parents get it really quickly. Yeah. I mean, when I run sort of parents workshops, they'll sort of talk to me about sort of a particular issue they have with a child. And straight away, you can hear in the words that they use, their body physiology, um, their approach, uh, the sort of, you can straight away just get it, can't you? Yeah. And so yeah. when you feed back to them, you know, about what, you, what you've observed, they can see it too. And they can then put themselves into their child's shoes and see how their child would also perceive that. And they go away and they, they try something different and they email me or phone me or whatever and say, hey, it worked. Um, I've had some lovely um, feedback from uh, from parents, especially uh, parents of children, probably around the sort of tween age, where what they do is they, they give their child a whole list of things that they want them to do, a long, long instruction or, you know, a long telling off about something where actually one word would do the job, but one word delivered with eye contact and with confidence does a job yeah. that so many, and yet they go, they still do the same thing. You know, it's it's like this classic NLP thing. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And yet as parents, we do, we do this all the time. Mm-hmm. You think, well, you think you keep hoping, don't you? One day it'll work, <laughs> but it really won't. <laughs> if it didn't work before, it's not going to work again. You know, if you want something to change in your parenting, it's you that has to change. And pa- parents, as soon as you start talking about NLP, and they, they, you know, they learn something about it, and they get the feedback from from uh, how they're they're talking or how their their you know their attitude towards it. Um, they can straight away see what they need to change. You know, I don't need to tell them. They sort of say, well, I need to do this, don't I? And you just sort of smile and, you know, they've got it. Yes, yeah. And I think it's they're at an age, is, for the child, the child's at an age where the change is it's a lot easier for them. They're just like a sponge. They so are. having the parents being able to take to do those changes and to change themselves, the child will just go on go along with it because it's as long as the parent is confident and assertive in what they're doing and they're they're grounded, I suppose, the child will just follow suit. Mm, absolutely. How has your family um, um, and your children? How how have they taken to it? What's what's their opinions? Well, they, I mean, done correctly, if you like, um, they don't notice it. Yeah. You know, it's it's seamless because yeah. you know they because it works. What what you sort of notice really when it doesn't work because something jars. You know, you you know that you you've used either sort of say you know with a visual child you've used perhaps something that's very auditory sort of language or a kinesthetic child you've used sort of you know visual language you sort of notice when it doesn't work I find rather than when it does yeah I I, I know that myself you it's it's that that rapport the connection is broken yes. 
it's almost like it, it does it jars it's like you're being stuck and you, you can't seem to move forward yes and then, and that's when I think oops <laughs> and uh, and then you know I, re, I I sort of do a quick sort of right okay fine that you know and then you readjust um I think that's one of the beauties of NLP is just by being able to um, take on board the foundations, the principles around the communication model and and those aspects that uh, are the foundations of NLP. By taking them on board and being them, acting from those presuppositions, you you do NLP without, and it becomes natural. Yes. And and that's where you're saying that you're, you're just doing it. It's not that you're purposely doing it. And I've, and I've certainly found that with my with my clients. Yeah, one of one of the bits of feedback I've had from the Tween's book um, was that um, that the idea that there's no failure, only feedback, um, because so many of them have uh, so many children of that age uh, feel that you know if they get a bad mark, they failed, or they're useless, or they they get so downhearted rather than taking the feedback and, and learning from it. And I think as parents, you know, that certainly before I discovered NLP, if I had an argument with, say, my teenager, uh, with, say, Lucy or, or Alex at the, at the time, um, then I, I'd think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm useless. I'm a hopeless mother. You know, oh, what am I going to do? Whereas now, you know, if something isn't quite going right, I say, okay, fine you know, what's the learning here? And I sort of step back into the situation with the learning and have another go. Um, And this is really what we want our children to do, not to sort of get disheartened if things don't go right, because not everything will go right. But you have to, you know, it's like in juggling, you have to learn to drop a ball in order to learn to juggle and to get get that feedback and to learn from it and to move forward. Um, because you know, I think there was one classic, wasn't there? That Edison didn't make, uh, didn't have loads of his experiments that didn't go right. He, he he just hadn't yet found the right one or find the right solution. And it's just you know, you need to just keep keep going, keep persevering. Definitely, and it's that yet word that is so so powerful. It opens up, you know, even if you don't you don't succeed in that in particular time. You've not succeeded yet. It opens right, the door yeah. that you are going to succeed for one in the in the future, but also it opens the door that there's different options and that it's okay. And I think yeah. in today's society, it's it's almost that you're not allowed to fail. There's such a pressure on being successful and succeeding yeah. that the sheer thought of of not you know of not succeeding, of not coming first, you know, the whole thing about doing it and enjoying it and being involved and being part of it doesn't seem to be good enough anymore whereas you know that is that's the, the the biggest part of it and all the learnings that you get along that way is what makes you and what develops you in the future and that message being able to give that to a child and know that for everything that they do if they don't succeed then it's okay Absolutely. you know they've not succeeded yet they will succeed they've already learned something they've learned a load of ways not to do it Yes, and also the things like the sort of limiting beliefs of NLP. I think they're very powerful too, because you know a lot of children will say, "I can't do this," you know, Mm. and um, you know they 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 learn through NLP how they can apply skills from other areas of their life um, to to uh, the the thing they need to do now. 
And so by I think the more parents understand about NLP, they can help the child by saying, well, you know the way you do this, you know, you have that skill. So, you know, all you need to do really is to take that skill and to apply it here. Um, and and they, and children get it very, very quickly, um, just as parents do. I think that's the wonderful thing about NLP. It's not difficult. It's no. not um it's not rocket science, as they say. It's um, it's actually incredibly simple. It is, and I think because of its complicated name and some of the complicated terminology, oh. people just run away from it. I don't and know, that's, you know, powerful name, isn't it? <laughs> it is <laughs> neuro-linguistic programming of, of all the possible names. I know it's, when people it, say, yeah, "What is it?" You know, you think, "Oh no, do I have to tell you?" <laughs> It's like it's like a, it's a common sense guide. It's pointing out things that you know that you do do. It's just being aware of them and doing them in appropriate places that get you better results. Yeah, it's sort of positive. It's, it's positive parenting in a way, isn't it? And uh, it is. Yeah. One thing when you say about limiting beliefs, that's one thing that um, really struck me in your book. Um, I thought it was it's a brilliant. Well, all the book I enjoyed, but that oh, one section. <laughs> that I thought was particularly um, beneficial. I know with I mean, the clients that I have today um, that I coach on for, as a private sector, but also my um, nursing patients that I have, the amount of limiting beliefs that they hold that have held them back throughout their life mm. and the opportunity to be able to take those limiting beliefs and nip them in the bud at such a yeah. young age. It's like, wow, <laughs> where will, you know, how much change there will be. That, you know, people don't. So a lot of people I've worked with, they didn't even realise that they had limiting beliefs or that they existed. And just That's to right, be able yeah. to say, instead of I can't, you know, I could do it this way. It's you know, just changing that mindset before it becomes ingrained. Yeah. Because once it's ingrained, and then you're dealing with the you know the thirty, forty, fifty upwards adult. There's a lot of learnt behaviours. They've learnt how many times that they can't and they've proved that they can't to themselves, even though the fact that they couldn't was because they didn't believe that they could. It's, it's amazing, actually. Changing in, that. In, sorry, I'm just going to say that in, in kids' workshops or when I'm doing work with children and they say something like, I can't, and you, you only have to reflect back to them, don't you, sort of say, and what if you could? And oh well, if I could do if I could do that, well then I could do this, and then I could do that, and then I could do that, and then the possibilities really open up, and then somehow they they find that they actually can do it because they realise what being able to do it means to them. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yes, it's, I'm, I, I just love it. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I I share that with you completely. It oh, gives me goosebumps. The, I think it's the whole thing of how we generalise and delete and distort things Absolutely. that are around us. Yeah. And the amount, the amount of, I hear, I hear my younger brothers, well, they're getting older now, um, but <laughs> the amount of times that they used to say, you know, it all, you know, it never works. It's always been that way. And it's when you actually say always, they're like, yeah. well, no, not always. And it's like, oh, so when did it happen? And they might give you once or twice. Yeah. Whereas they've blatant out a whole existence of their Absolutely. future. Because just because of the the you know the words that they've chosen to pay attention to, and it's like you know it's that you know what if you could or what if you did it that way or how else could you do it? Yeah, that that's right. Just, be yeah. just because they've not been asked those words, 
and as a parent knowing that that kind of language is there and asking them those things in those different ways it, you know it's that door that they've just closed for themselves you know even if you leave it open a little bit as a child their curiosity will what make them want to go through that door mm. so you, you know you're providing paths that they've closed for themselves because of you know the events of school the events of their peers and everything else of the pressures of society today one of the things i love about nlp is is the clean language um because uh, you know say if a child gets comes back from school and says i've got no friends which of course is a gross generalization a lot mm-hmm. of parents would say something like well of course you have you've got so and so and you've got so and so and you've got so and so which really is suggesting that the child is is talking nonsense and is minimizing really what they're saying whereas by using clean language when the child says i've got no friends all you need to say is no friends and straight away you you've acknowledged what they've said but questioned it and then they might go well apart from so and so and so and so and so you know and uh I think uh, sometimes we, as parents, we use far too many words and, and often the wrong words, like sort of telling children, don't do this. Or mm-hmm. I had one client who, who was wondering why her child had such low uh, self-confidence and she was saying some of the things that she said to her son. And what she was basically doing was saying, oh, you've done really well, but um, blah, 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 blah. And so every mm-hmm. single compliment was then followed by a but. And I said to her, the child has has not heard anything before that, but you've emphasized, you know, and she thought about it and she realized, and then I got her to rephrase what she'd said, replacing the but with an and, and she recognized how different it was. And then she just burst into tears because she realized that that's exactly what her parents had done to her. Yeah. And it was a real eye-opener, and she could straight away see how she could make a difference. It's small words with big meanings. Yeah, just the word yeah. but was yeah. just t- taking away his confidence. Completely. It, it just it negates everything that's been said. No, it doesn't and, it. And that's, and that's true whether whether you're a child or whether you're an adult. Yeah. As soon yeah. as anybody butts it, they've just cancelled... They've, as you say, they've, can, they've cancelled everything. And you don't... Even if they've given you the most glowing respectful elegant you know praise at the beginning mm. that's just it's just shot to pieces isn't it it's like someone saying to you your hair looks gorgeous but i'd have worn it up yes <laughs> i think you. Parents, let me slap you around the face <laughs> lots of um parents i think you know we're sort of we want to encourage our children to be confident so we praise them but then it's how we praise them and it's you know it's what you say how specific you are and and how they can get the learning and just put, saying so, something like, oh, you know, you've done really well getting ready for school so quickly, but I wish you'd do it every morning. All the child's heard is the but I wish you'd do it every morning. And, you know, uh, anyway, there's lots, I mean, there's lots of things in, in um, the tweens book and also in the parents book. I think the parents book, too, covers, obviously, the sort of way that parents can um, can use words in a different way to get a different result. The tweens, the, the children, tweens and teens books are really written for them to read yeah. um, in order to for them to go through the exercises. So there's not so much, I guess, in those books about what parents can say, but it's more about how children and, and tweens and teens um, can use the NLP techniques 
uh, and go through the exercises in order to, to feel confident and so on. But it is important that parents learn, uh, learn about NLP too, uh, so that, uh, that they can be good models of it for their children. Yes, definitely. And I think, you know, I mean, I've read the book, obviously, as an adult and parent myself. And even I, even though it is written, the language and the examples you give are very much for the child, for the GCSEs, for, you know, the Xbox. You know, you've used real-life definitions that they'll be able to relate to. And the the beauty of the book, I suppose, is is the exercises that you've got. And you've, you've left so many... Um, what can I call them, uh, lines for them to fill in themselves yeah. where they can say and write down what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what their goals are, write down when they have a limiting belief and what they could say for themselves instead. Yeah. So it's, it's that whole process of not just thinking about it, writing it down so they've That's got that right. kinesthetic relationship to it. And it's, it's, like, it's like a learning journal and something yeah. that they can go back and learn over. And as a yeah. parent to, to read it first would enable them that if a child possibly is um, struggling on a particular area or has said one of the limiting beliefs or, you know, not 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 using it in the way it should be used, then the, the parent would be able to say, well, remember this in the tweens book. Yeah. What, what, what was the advice that that gave you? Could you apply your anchor? What, what, do you le- what, what have you learned from that book that would help you in this situation? Yeah, so they're getting them to think about it and to take responsibility because, as you, you know, it's written ideally for that transition into secondary school. Yes, it is. So that they're going. Right. Sorry. 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 <laughs> they're going to have to become independent. They are. Have to be responsible, and you know, it's a big. It is a big step for some children. They fly through it. For others, it's more difficult. And I think both it is going to be a benefit, certain. Yes, I've, I've sort of set out in, in there quite a lot about sort of how to tackle sort of going to a new new school. And although sort of not, you know, not all uh, countries will have that situation, you know, children do move schools, children do have changes in their lives, um, and uh, they need to uh, to adapt to those. And I think I've given them the sort of tools to do that. I mean, one of the important things is obviously to match, um, to find what's similar in the new situation to the existing situation that they have and, and looking at what skills they already have to cope with uh, change. Because I mean, many children of that sort of age will have experienced a, a younger sibling being born. Well, that's a huge change in their life. You know, how did they adapt to that? And parents can sort of say, well, look, you know, when that happened, you know, you were really good and you were really good at this and you noticed that. And, you know, so just to remind them of the skills that they've got uh, and how well they've coped with, coped with other situations and things like, you know, showing children how to reframe uh, because, you know, like actors can be really scared before they go on stage, but it's sort of exciting. And just as children might be scared before having a new experience, there's an exciting element of it as well. You can't take away all the scary bits and to protect no, them. You know, we want to protect the child, you know, our children, but by protecting them so much that they actually never have to step out of their comfort zone, that's really not helping. They need to be reminded of all the skills that they've got to, to, to be out, out there and, you know, being confident and so on. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. 
Well, well, it's been wonderful talking to you, Judy. I could talk to you about this all day, and I'm sure our listeners just want to hear more. And all I can do is just tell them to, you know, buy your book, read it, or your series of books. So before we go, unfortunately, the show's coming to an end, but before we go, can you just tell our audience how they can be in contact with you, where they can buy your book from, and um, information like that? I would say the best website is www.nlpandkidsbooks.com because you've got my all my books on there and the children's books. So that's NLP kid, sorry, nlpandkidsbooks.com. Or if you want to know more about NLP and children, it would be nlpkids.co.uk. And... Um, I guess that's the end of the show. Well, again, Judy, thank you ever so much for joining us today. Um, it's been a pleasure, and your work is it's, its just truly inspiring. It's a real gift. Thank you very much, Don. It's been a real pleasure. You're more than welcome. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. This has been Donna Blinston on the NLP View. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.